In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the third Sunday of the month of Toba, and we read about um, St. John the Baptist testifying about the greatness of Christ and his own role. And of course, we know that St. John the Baptist, he was um, the one who came before the Lord, and he began to, began to um, gather for himself disciples and a following, of the people who were following his teaching, the people who were coming to him to be baptized, and so on. And yet when the Lord came and manifested himself, all of the attention switched from being towards St. John the Baptist to being about the Lord Jesus Christ. And even when the people came to St. John and saying, uh, look now, um, all the people are following after Christ, and even the disciples of St. John left him and began to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, we see in um, the reaction and the attitude of St. John the Baptist uh, a great humility and a great desire to see the work of God done, not just to see that his own uh, ego is filled by people following after him. And he says in, in verse 29, He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. So he, of course, the bridegroom is the Lord Jesus Christ. The friend of the bridegroom is St. John the Baptist. And so St. John the Baptist is saying, I'm rejoicing because I hear the voice of the bridegroom. I'm rejoicing because of the voice of Christ. And we all rejoice together. And I'm not paying attention to myself. Just as in the wedding, all of the attention is on the bridegroom and not the best man. Right? And this is what um, St. John the Baptist is saying. And of course, we know um, how the Lord praised St. John the Baptist, and he said about him in Luke 7, uh, he said, among those born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. And so we truly see this man as, as someone who had a life that was very different than the typical life you see. He lived in the wilderness. He lived in austere asceticism for a great deal of his life. He came out of that and, and began to preach and began to baptize, and his period of ministry was only about six months. He spent 30 years preparing himself for a period of six months of ministry. During that six months, he very quickly the, the, the directed people to Christ. People followed after him, and then shortly after that, he was imprisoned, and then he was beheaded. But we can learn a lot from the life of St. John the Baptist um, and to understand what made him to be great. What are some of the things when the Lord says about him, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. How can we understand his greatness and really what truly made him to be as great as he is. So from St. John the Baptist, we learn about the heavenly greatness. Um, the ex in the external appearance, St. John the Baptist was very simple. And actually, many people maybe would look at him, and maybe some would say that the way his appearance was maybe was even disgusting. It wasn't something that was appealing or attractive. He didn't have on fine clothing for people that would look at him and kind of be astounded or, or impressed by his appearance. It says in Matthew 3, verse 4, Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. His um, ideals and his values and the things that he cared about may be very different than the rest of the world. His message was intriguing because his life and his appearance were different. 
And what we see in the lives of people who kind of catch our attention are the people who really practice what they preach, the people who live according to the word that they say. And truly, St. John the Baptist, when he is preaching this message of repentance, a, pr a message of detachment from the world, that we all look at him and we see he truly is living according to what he was preaching. He, he was not in it for himself. There was no personal gain that he was gaining from his, his message, from his mission, from his lifestyle. But everything that he did was pointing the people to Christ. And so his focus was on salvation and it wasn't on anything else. So this is one of the great things we learned from him is that his focus was on the right things, right? He wasn't, he wasn't attached to the world. Also, um, St. John the Baptist was not interested in holding any high position. You know, actually, even when it comes to the church, like he was not a bishop, he was not a, preach, a priest, he was not a deacon. Um, he, d he never even performed um, any miracles, right? But his person and his, his teaching and his word and his example, those were the greatest things about him. He was appointed by God for a purpose, um, but he was rejected by the existing order. He was ex rejected by the religious leaders. He was rejected by the existing system, but he stood up against the system based on who he was and what he believed, and he didn't allow anyone to um, silence him. He attracted people not because he held a specific position, but uh, because of his way of life. He, again, he didn't have any kind of particular rank, but what attracted people to him was the lifestyle that he lived and what is it that he uh, truly believed and how he lived it in his life. And maybe we can ask ourselves the question is, do we sometimes feel the only way that I can do good in the world is by having a, a certain kind of position or that all that I'm desiring or seeking is a certain position, a certain title? Well, actually, St. John the Baptist teaches us the lesson that we can have a great impact on the world and the people around us without any kind of position, without any kind of rank or title. And some of the greatest um, uh, you know, examples to us in history are maybe people who did not have any rank and did not have any title. Um, you know, one of the stories that comes to my mind is when St. Macarius the Great, who was living in the desert in the monastery, began to believe about himself that he was the most righteous person in the world, the Lord rebuked him and he said, no, that they are these two very simple women, um, these married women taking care of their children in a house without, nobody, they're, 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 nobody knows who they are, um, they don't have any position or any title, and yet these two women in the eyes of God were more righteous than St. Macarius the Great. And so we see again the way that God judges. Maybe in the human eyes, we look to things like titles and ranks and positions, and we consider people to be important based on these titles. But in the eyes of Christ, there are no ranks, there are no positions, and certainly he does not judge people according to any positions or ranks that we might hold. Um, another, way that, another thing that we learn uh, about the heavenly greatness from St. John the Baptist is in how he was making friends, right? And do we, do we make friends with the elite? St. John actually rebuked the elite and called them out as being hypocrites. You can imagine someone who cares about position and rank and cares about impressing those people of higher rank because they believe that those people can give him something. Maybe when it comes to people of a certain higher rank, we make extra special attention to them. We, 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 we are very keen to do what it is that they want. Maybe we treat them with extra kindness and sensitivity and sincerity because we want something in return, because we want them to be impressed with us so that we can receive something in return. Um, but actually, St. John the Baptist, he had none of that. 
when the religious leaders, the Pharisees, came to him, it says in Matthew chapter 3, it says, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Right? The, the, the St. John the Baptist was even rebuking those religious leaders who were coming to see what is it that he was doing. He was not trying to impress anyone, make friends with anyone. He was not trying to fit in into any system. But all he cared about was the truth, and he declared the truth very boldly and directly, um, no matter where he went. We also learn about the heavenly greatness um, regarding, as I mentioned, performing signs and wonders. Because the Lord said about him, John performed no sign, but all the things that John spoke about this man were true. Um, so, so what is it that he's saying, John performed no sign? I mean, he did not perform any miracles. There was nothing that he did. He didn't heal the sick. He didn't raise the dead. He didn't cast out demons. And yet everything that he said was true. And this is true actually even in the church. Oftentimes we, um, we equate people who are saints with miracle workers because so many people who are saints uh, perform miracles in some way. And when we read um, maybe many stories in the Synexarian or in other places about um, the saints in the church, we see people who um, God granted like miraculous gifts and spiritual gifts. But there are also people who are saints in the church who performed no miracle. There was nothing that they did miraculous. It was simply a testament of their faith, their endurance, their perseverance, their vision. Um, maybe a, a good example of this is St. Habib Gerges. St. Habib Gerges is the one who established the Sunday school system in the church. And he was very keen to establish it. And he was very keen to go and to visit and to visit people in poor areas and to teach them and educate them. And for this reason, for all the sacrifice that he made and for the vision that he had, he became canonized a saint in the church, even though he was, um, he was a man and performed no, no, no special sign or miracle. Just as here we read that John did not perform any kind of sign. So again, we learn about his greatness, not because of some miraculous thing that he did, but because of his commitment, his dedication, his, his, his love of the truth, his, his not desiring um, any kind of rank and um, standing up to the religious leaders. So St. John the Baptist, he was a different kind of person. He was different in his ascetic style, meaning he didn't live like everyone else. He didn't look to the people around him and say, I have to have a certain style like they have. I have to look like them. I have to sound like them. I have to fit in like them, which um, sometimes we find ourselves caring very much about how we fit in with other people and how is it that they will perceive us if I act differently than, than what it is that they are expecting. And we find ourselves chasing after the, the, the uh, favor of others rather than chasing the favor of God. But St. John was very different in his ascetic style. He would eat uh, honey and, and locusts. He lived in the wilderness. His clothing was very different than everyone else. He didn't try to fit in with every, anyone. Also, he knew how to identify himself, meaning every time that he identified himself, his, his identification was always related to his mission and, and to the Lord Jesus Christ, because he, he identified himself as a servant of God and nothing else. For instance, he, he calls himself a voice crying in the wilderness, a messenger that comes before the Lord, a friend of the bridegroom. Everything that makes him important and special is related to his relationship with Christ, to his purpose as a servant of the Lord, seeking him, and to preaching about him and teaching the people about him, preparing the way of the Lord. His whole identity was, was, was tied up with the idea of serving God. 
And so we find ourselves, maybe now, many people struggle with their identity. Who am I? What makes me special? What makes me different? What is my purpose? And many people are confused about this. Many people not even understanding or knowing who they are. Whereas in the church, we know who we are. We are the children of God. We are blessed by Him. And God has given us a purpose and a mission and a service for us to do in this world and given us guidance and in, 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 in the power to carry it out. And so we find this in him. He identifies himself according to the God whom he serves and not because of some unique characteristic that is in him that he is boasting about or wanting to make himself known and prominent because of who he is. No, he is a humble servant of God and he acts so very, very clearly, very consistently throughout his life and his ministry. Also, he was focused on the most important things. He was focused on the most important things, which was repentance and its fruits. He was not distracted by the world. He was not a person who would, who would be um, uh, like distracted by flashy things or the desire for wealth or any kind of worldly pleasure or pursuit. His whole mission, his whole life, his whole purpose was focusing on repentance and the salvation of the people. Also, he had a very strong sense of justice and righteousness. It says in Luke chapter 3, then tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than what is appointed for you. Likewise, the soldiers asked him, saying, And what shall we do? So he said to them, Do not intimidate anyone or, or accuse falsely, falsely, but be content with your wages. So St. John is, is, is saying there is a certain way we need to live. You know, sometimes people live in a way that is deceptive, uh, a self-seeking way in order for them to gain wealth and power and prominence. Whereas St. John here is putting an end to all this and saying, no, this is how you should live. Live justly. Live according to the commandments of God and do not live in a way that enriches yourself. For instance, when he says to the tax collectors, collect no more than what is appointed for you. The tax collectors were, were well known to steal and to take more than that was appointed for them. And then St. John is saying, no, live according to principles. And this also is what God wants for us to live according to principles. It's easy for us to, um, again, live like other people live, to, to, to cheat the system because other people cheat the system, because cheating the system is almost expected. Because, because without cheating the system, we feel like um, maybe we are victims of the system. But here, St. John the Baptist say, no, like be, be honest, be faithful in what you are doing, because in the end, God is the judge, and God is the one who, um, who, who judges your work. We see also a, a, a great example of St. John and his faithfulness and his sense of justice in his interactions with Herod. Um, because he was a holy man, even Herod, like became interested in him right king herod became interested in him to hear him and it says in in mark chapter 6 for herod feared john knowing that he was a just and holy man and he protected him and when he heard them he did many things and uh, uh and heard him gladly so even though king herod was not a just king and even though he had many flaws and yet he was impressed by this person of saint john the baptist when we are righteous even those who are wicked Maybe we will catch their attention. Maybe they will start paying attention to what we do. How is it that this person is living in the way that he is living? Maybe people who live in wickedness, they don't want to be wicked. They don't want to live in sin, but they feel compelled to do so. They feel tempted and unable to change their course of life. They've made bad decisions and feel trapped in some cycle of sin, and they can't get out of it. But when they see a person who is righteous and pure, 
it is like an inspiration for them. You know, maybe I, I still feel like I can't adopt your way of life, but I'm interested to learn. I'm interested to understand how is it that you are living in this way. And so one of the greatest ways for us as believers to evangelize to the world is not just with the words that we use, but by our example. St. John was a, a great example to everyone, and he would catch the attention of other people because they would see him, who he was, how he lived, very different from the rest of the world, and so people would want to hear him, even someone like King Herod. But Herod, he did not listen and, and practice. What is it that St. John told him to do? Um, he, 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 just, he heard him as someone who was nice to listen to, but not as someone who he was willing to change his life in order to pursue uh, and to do what is it that St. John has done. In Ezekiel 33, it says, Indeed you are to them as a very lovely song of one who has a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear your words, but they do not do them. It is like someone who en enjoys very much an eloquent sermon that they listen to, a very powerful speaker, someone who speaks in a, in, a, in a good way, and we all listen to this person, and we are very satisfied and happy and walk away feeling like we have heard something very beautiful and nice today. But the question is, is what do we do with those words afterward? It's like listening to this beautiful song or beautiful instrument, and then we go out, and there's nothing to be done. It was just an interesting experience. It was nice to hear those things, but those things didn't really apply or cause me to change my life in any way. And yet, the words of St. John and the words of all preaching and the teaching of Christ was not intended to be a source of entertainment. It wasn't intended for us just to see. And this is why, actually, when the people kept asking Christ to perform miracles, and then he refused to do so, he knew it was because the people are not really interested in changing their life. They are just interested in seeing a show. What are these miracles that the Lord is doing? What are these interesting, interesting things that they are seeing? But it was nothing more than that. And so Herod, even though he was interested to hear the words of St. John, and yet he did nothing to really change um, his life. St. John then, he rebuked Herod because of his sin because he had committed sin, and he says to him, because John had said to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. He had taken his brother's wife as his own wife. And so St. John, again, he could have, um, being afraid for his own life, being afraid because he is under the authority of King Herod, he could have remained quiet. He didn't have to say anything. He didn't have to rebuke King Herod for what he had done. St. John was in a position of weakness compared to King Herod because he was a prisoner and there was nothing he could do to free himself. He could have at least um, been, been nice to King Herod so he would get on his good side and maybe King Herod would set him free. But actually, St. John did not do this. St. John was very clear and saying, no, your, your lifestyle is sinful. This is against the commandment of God. And, and, and in the end, um, we know that St. That John the Baptist was beheaded because um, King Herod was, um, you know, through, through his guests and other people who like, wanted him to be beheaded, King, King Herod um, beheaded him. He did not listen to him, but instead he listened to those who wanted him dead. And it says what, and the king was exceedingly sorry, yet because of the oaths and because of those who sat with him, he did not want to refuse her when Herodias, his daughter, asked for um, the head of King Herod on a platter, or sorry, of, of St. John the Baptist on a platter. So when, 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 when he was pressured to kill St. John, he, he gave in to the pressure. Whereas we see St. John is the very opposite kind of figure. He doesn't cave in to anyone. He remains strong and he says what is right um, all the time. So finally, we can ask the question, why is it that the people followed him, right? Why is it that the people 
followed St. John. The first one was because of his humility, right? He had no personal gain. There was nothing that he gained from anything that he did. And he lived his life very humbly. Again, when the Lord appeared on the scene and people began to follow him, St. John's response was, he must increase, but I must decrease. Where do we even hear such a thing nowadays that we hear someone, he says, oh, he must increase, but I must decrease. Nobody ever says this. Nobody even thinks this. Everyone wants to increase. Everyone wants to increase their sphere of influence, increase their power, increase their, their fame, increase their wealth, increase everything. This is all what everyone cares about is increasing themselves. And, and as opposed to what is best for the system, what is best for the organization, what is best for the country, what is best for the group, what is best for the church. Instead, maybe people are thinking, what is best for me, right? And yet, in, in St. John, we don't see this. We see uh, this amazing example of someone who um, began to have a following, and yet he directed everyone to Christ, and he ended up dying in prison, and yet he was completely content because he fulfilled his mission that Christ had called him, that God had called him to do. Um, also, we see his selflessness, okay? He sowed the seed and knew that he would not reap the fruits himself, meaning he began to preach and to baptize seeking the repentance of the people, but he knew in the end that he was not going to reap the fruits. He was not going to see the result of his own ministry. And maybe sometimes, even like for those, say, who, who serve in Sunday school or in other kinds of services, um, sometimes we want to see our, the fruit of our labor. We want to see the fruit. Like, I, I put this effort, I gave these lessons, I invested my time, I did these things. I want to see that these kids are being transformed and changed. But what if I don't see it? What if it's something that actually is going to affect them in the long run, years and years and years later, when I'm not even around anymore, and never going to really observe and see the effect of all the service that I put into them? Maybe parents also struggle with this. The parents put so much effort and time into their children, and maybe the fruit is something that will be reaped years and years and years later, um, and maybe they, they won't even know uh, what effect that they had on their children through their own actions and through their own um, um, teaching of them and raising them up. So he was selfless in the sense that he knew that he was not going to gain the benefit himself of anything that he did. Everything was directed to Christ and the fruits themselves that he was sowing inside all these people, he would never see and he would never know. Also, people followed him because of his integrity, meaning he told them the truth and he cared about their salvation and he would not lie to them. We live now in a culture where it is assumed that if someone is speaking, like let's say in politics, for instance, it's assumed that they're lying. Like, like the default is they're lying, and then in order to prove that they're actually telling the truth, like this is almost like the rare thing to find someone actually who's being honest and telling the truth. Whereas St. John, he was always truthful. Anything that he said, you knew that it was true because he spoke from the heart with sincerity, not seeking anything for himself, but he spoke the truth. And this is a reason why people followed him, because of his integrity, because they could trust who he was and what is it that he said. And nowadays, people are longing for some kind of figure that they can trust, someone who they can go to, and whatever this person says, they trust that it's true. This person is not seeking anything for themselves, but is seeking the greater good. This is why people followed St. John the Baptist. Um, also because of his care. He cared about the people. He cared about their salvation. That's why he went out to preach. That's why he was preaching salvation and he wanted the repentance of the people. So he had a pastoral care for all of the people. He wanted them to be saved. Another reason why people followed him is because they saw that he loved them. 
He cared about them. He cared about their life and what was to come. And then finally also his style. He served with passion and courage, right? People want to follow someone who really believes in something, who has a vision, really believes that something is true, that something is good, and willing to live their life according to that belief, according to that faith. We, f we like to follow those people who are passionate about something that we believe in as well, and we follow them because we believe that they can get us there. And certainly someone who would follow St. John the Baptist would believe that this man understood salvation, and we follow him because he will lead us to salvation, and certainly he led all the people to Christ. So it wasn't for little that the Lord said about St. John the Baptist that, he is, that there is no other greater prophet than him, um, because he did so much in order to prepare the people for salvation, and his own character testifies to his faith and testifies to all that he taught. So may God grant us to also have the same zeal and passion as St. John the Baptist, to stand courageously in the world, to not be timid, to not seek our own good, but to seek the good of the other, and glory be to God forever. Amen.